0: I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I'm here with Aligned Energy CEO, Andrew Schapp, and we're talking about the data center industry next. Andrew Schaap. Thank you for being here. This is a highlight for me. I mean, we uh, know that getting schedules to work out with, uh, you know, both of us, you in particular was a challenge (laughs) because you're busy and, uh, but really excited to get to hear your perspective on the industry where it is today. So thanks for being here.
1: Great. And David, you, this is a great forum. Uh, obviously, we've been watching you from afar, <laughs> I've known you for years. Yeah, um, but uh, delighted to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, so we just talked about this, but you've now been at Aligned Energy as uh, CEO for you know about fifteen or sixteen months. Uh, but before that, you were very active in the industry. Talk about your background uh, in the space and um, you know what led you to take that role at sure. Aligned.
1: Yeah, you you bet. So early on uh, in my career, I started in the software in the software mm-hmm. world. Uh, myself and a partner started a software company. Developed that to a point where we felt uh, real comfortable. That uh, got to know the ins and outs of uh, software. Uh, we ended up selling that off to a system integrator. Okay. Uh, a system integrator based okay. out of Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Spent a couple years with the system integrator, understanding the hardware systems, um, working through uh, you know whether it's uh, you know different platforms: HP, IBM, yeah. Cisco, EMC. Yeah. The reality is, is that background set me up really nicely because at the end of the day, data centers are supports; they're the foundation for an application, a yep. software service, yep. and uh, hardware that sits on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having that background kind of enabled me to really, uh, really appreciate what data centers did and how yeah. they how they intersected with what the what the tool sets are that customers were after. Mm-hmm. And then uh, jumped into private equity early on, and then uh, obviously spent quite a few years with uh, digital realty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so was looking for a platform that kind of gave us some flexibility and some nimbleness. Uh, in my career, I've seen a couple of sea changes in the yeah. in the industry. Yeah. Uh, how people bought, why people bought, what was happening on capex, opex, mm-hmm. why decisions were being made, and uh, the the alliance platform uh, really made sense. So I I, I made the move and. Uh, been very very pleased ever since. Yeah. What? So, you know, your comment about just uh, several sea
0: changes in the way that you know data center users have looked at the industry <laughs> different. You know, I, there's probably a small group of leaders in the space that have the background that you do and seeing. Those changes, but what have you you think about data center users over the last five years? What have some of the changes that you've seen take place? Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think we'll even go back a little bit further than that. And uh, I I remember early on um, having meetings in either the Bay Area or in New York, Uh and everything we did was pulling out a blueprint, looking at single lines, (laughs) because there were a lot of uh, you know folks were giving up one of their most critical um, jewels, mm-hmm. uh, which they used to build in their buildings mm-hmm. and used to own and operate. And so having, having, uh, you know, that let's go through the single line, let's go through the blueprints yeah. and kind of those days are done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's now table stakes, operational reliability, yeah. physical security, those things are established. <clears throat> now it's a, now it's a more, what can you do for us in the platform? How can you be more efficient? How can mm-hmm. you be more effective? How can you future-proof my environment? Um, when I have complete uncertainty, merge acquisition, diverse, divestiture, when a client's trying to figure out what is density is going to look like mm-hmm. in the future, mm-hmm. um, when they're trying to figure out, um, you know, they're trying to support the business and they don't know what the business is going to throw at them in the future, mm-hmm. um, whether it's AI or IoT or some new acquisition that's going to be put on the CIO's desk that yep. he has to solve. Um, so the aligned platform kind of provides us a, a kind of a I, I view it as a the bell curve. Yeah. A lot of customers sit right in the middle mm-hmm. of the bell curve but there's a whole bunch of them on the outsides, really high density, really low density lab environments. Um, So the Align platform gives us some flexibility to kind of have a a wider aperture of opportunities that we can target and win.
0: Yeah, so when Align started, you know, uh, Dallas and Phoenix were the two markets that you had the initial footprints in. Um, I think since then, you've added Salt Lake as a market, and I I think y'all are obviously moving forward with some exciting stuff out there. Uh, In the last week or two, I mean, you just announced that you all will be – uh, entering into Northern Virginia. And I actually, I was up there earlier uh, in the week and it's amazing the amount of activity that's taking place. But talk to us about why you felt like
1: Northern Virginia was a market to go into and, and then why right now? Yeah, we're, we're super fortunate. We found a really nice uh, a place right in the heart of Ashburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly networked, very accessible, multiple paths and feeders in from a network perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and candidly gives us the flexibility to do a lot of, a lot of unique things. And it's a, it, candidly, it's a campus, it's not yeah. a building. So it gives us the ability to, um, l- again, look at what clients are after, how we deploy our infrastructure, how we deploy, um, our capital incrementally yep. to kind of get, uh, really creative with opportunities and deals in that market. Obviously it's no secret to anybody that Ashburn's kind of the heart of the yeah. internet. Um, was, yeah. Yeah, since since I came on board, that was something that was on my uh, on my to do list and my target list. Yeah, uh, and just very pleased with the outcome that we have there. Yeah. And uh, you know, within the next uh, thirty days, we'll be scratching scratching dirt and yeah. bulldozers and yeah. making making it happen. So yeah, well, it's it's
0: amazing, you know, just to go out there and and you know, we talk about it, but I mean, until you have driven those roads and seen the sizes of some of the facilities today, and obviously what the data center user needs are there today, is just it's it's so different than any other market across the US. I mean, it's really in a whole different, whole different stratosphere. Yeah. Um, okay, so earlier in the year as well, uh, Macquarie Infrastructure Partners, uh, and you all announced a strategic investment. Um, but talk to us about that and what that allows, you know a line to do as
1: you think about moving forward. Sure, so uh, when I came on, it was a Blue Mountain Capital out okay. of New York City, yeah. uh, 22, $23 billion fund out of New York. Uh, very, very sophisticated group of folks. Uh, and then we, uh, we decided to uh, provide some diversification of our capital structure. Uh, so we ran a process uh, and uh, was v- incredibly fortunate to uh, uh, strike a relationship with the Macquarie infrastructure team. Uh, and that that team again, they're not a real estate centric uh-huh. organization. It's Macquarie Infrastructure and Real Assets is the division we're a part of. And again, they you know couldn't be more pleased with the board members uh, and the uh, sophisticated you know sophisticated capital is yeah. really important. Yeah, we're in a capital intensive business. Sure, deploy capital yeah. that sometimes takes a, re- uh, a while to get a return on investment. Yep, uh, and the Macquarie team. Uh, they're they're used to that. They understand it very well. They're uh, they've got a deep uh, heritage of investments in infrastructure, and view view us as a uh, infrastructure play uh, for the next you know 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. So a long term investment cycle. Um, their investment horizons are very long term. So yeah, just just delighted with the sophistication. Sure. Um, yeah, it, when you go through a process like this, it's a it's another full-time job on top yeah. of a full-time oh, yeah. job oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the board members are fantastic nothing but support yeah uh, all the way around so just de- delighted with a the, that them being a foundational uh, yeah. layer in our in our ability to grow and hit the objectives that we have for our long-range plan
0: yeah that makes sense and you know it uh, obviously allows you to capital to expand and, and you know one of the things you mentioned was future proofing facilities um and I know that's been, you know, high on the um, important uh, chart for importance chart for Align. But talk about what you mean by that sure. and why that benefits the data center user today.
1: Yeah. So, and, and great question. The way I think about the business is I really bucketize the business into three distinct okay. elements or yeah. three three pillars that support our customers' requirements. Um, sophisticated capital is the first one. And okay. We talked about that. You know, very sophisticated folks that know what they're doing. Uh, and uh, have the ability to like, understand the uniquenesses of our industry mm-hmm. and uh, give us the ability to go, go out and attack the market in a way that makes sense. The second is infrastructure. Okay. Uh, Aligned has 30 plus patents and hmm. uh, over 350 dependent claims around those patents. And That was kind of what kind of attracted me to the Aligned yeah. platform. Is that technology and those patents give us some differentiation? It allows us to deliver our solution sets in a way that meet the client's requirements. Again, going back to the first question, which is what's the difference over the last 10 years? Yeah. Difference over the last 10 years is a big financial services firm or a big Fortune 500 was looking for something and they were perfectly happy to say, here's what I need for the next ten years and have total visibility into that. Today those days I think those days are gone. Now it's like (laughs) Clients come in and they say, I want some flexibility in this. Yeah. I want the ability to have nimble structures yeah. and, and not know what's gonna happen in the future, not know what my densities are gonna look like, not know if I'm gonna get something else thrown on my table that I've gotta solve yeah. through my through my data center yeah. provider. So it's really important that, they, that folks choose and look at, of all the platforms that are out there, a platform that has flexibility mm-hmm. sure. is key. Yeah. And so our IP is uh, one of the things that gives us some really unique differentiators and how we deliver those solutions to clients. Uh, and uh, you know, we've we've been real fortunate to have, we've got some great customers uh, that are really sophisticated, um, and uh, lo- love the fact that they can kind of come on board with with our platform. Yeah, and grow with us when yeah. they they have uncertainty on sure. their, what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, too. I mean,
0: I was um, I think it was yesterday I was talking to some data center industry professionals, and I was saying how you know being a data center user is terribly challenging just because of the things that you know you make decisions off of by the time those are actually being put into play things have changed and, you know could change yeah. down the road so you know I think flexibility seems to be more important than ever in the data center user yeah. mindset which so that makes a lot of sense um, one of the other things that you all talk about is your ability to scale vertically and horizontally mm-hmm. I think that ties into the flexibility angle but talk about that and the importance
1: there yeah so the a lot of the patents we have around our heating and uh, heat rejection technology and the way we actually cool the environment it's quite a bit different than uh, what's happening in the environment okay. it's uh, different meaning we've got the Ability to scale in place, Uh, and scale in place means you know traditional uh, folks will take a footprint and have the ability to deliver a client into that footprint. Mm -hmm. And then when you need more capacity, you've got to take an additional footprint, which means more low voltage cabling, more high voltage cabling, more racks, more stacking, more more you know just more capital that's being deployed by clients. Yes, we've got the ability to scale in place, so a customer Uh can come in and land with us at 150, 250 watts a square foot. And in two years, they can say, "Hey, I need more capacity yes. in the same footprint. Uh, new chipsets that are coming out, new AI technology that's yep. coming out. They, every, all the clients are becoming more and more sophisticated with where okay. they deploy their IT infrastructure. Yes. So that, again, our, our heat rejection technology gives us the ability, to kind of." basically put more load in the same footprint mm-hmm. and and give the client the ability to grow within the same footprint. Yeah. Again, it really helps with our TCO and as they're looking at their total cost of ownership and how they're looking at their long range plan.
0: Yeah, I know that that makes a lot of sense and then so I feel like when I started in the space and you know you probably saw me two days after I started in the space 10 or 11 years ago, <laughs> um, but you know I think data center providers and operators would talk about how their facilities and solutions offered high-dense you know, environments. And then if you ask them at the time, okay, who's using, you know, yeah. that density? No one. I mean, there was just not a lot of users at the time that were, you know, taking more than 5kW, 8kW rack. I think that's changed today. And I think that, uh, as you talked about the data center user getting smarter, more mature. I sure. definitely think that's on the, um, uh, you know, their mindset. So how, how do you feel like what y'all are doing sets them up to really be successful you know, from a density perspective. Obviously it ties back into that scalability perspective, but what are some other things from a cooling standpoint you all have done to put them in a position to be successful? Yeah,
1: look, I think it comes down to, um, the way we're doing it is what I'd call very, it's elegant, it's an elegant solution. Uh, We've got less moving parts in our heat mechanical system than other traditional solutions. And less moving parts means less breakage, less operational expenses, um, fans, belts, all those things yeah. we've, we've taken out of the kind of uh, topology. Um, we've created a much wider delta T in our heat rejection system. Okay. Not to get too technical, but yeah. that, del- that delta T creates a really nice um, environment where, again, we've got a much wider band of what we can do. Yes. So our pipe sizing is smaller, our facilities, what they mm-hmm. can do is smaller. But the reality is, is I, I mean, we... Although it looks like we're in a barn, yeah. <laughs> we're in the heart of Dallas, Texas. We've got a, we've got a, and uh, on the 20th floor of your, yeah. of your beautiful building here. Yeah we've got clients here in Dallas that are running at 30 40 50 kW a rack. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: and that's you know that's unheard of. We all, you know we used to hear about densities of that den- you know that of clients trying to run those densities and the reality is is everyone would still hover around 6 to 10 to yep. 12 kW per rack. Yep. Uh, we're now seeing real customers that are enterprises trying to get to those densities 30 40 50 kW per rack. Yep. And we're doing it uh, here in our Plano facility, our Phoenix facility, mm-hmm. our Salt Lake facility and soon to be our Ashram yeah. facility. And that elegant solution, uh, again, I, I kind of say it's elegant versus exotic. Uh, exotic should be AKA expensive. Sure. Yeah. Um, piping, uh, we don't have any piping inside the data hall. We don't have all the exotic piping that has to uh, you know, be run to racks and cabinets. Uh, all that stuff has been removed from our platform. Um, so it's, a uh, you know, we never have to walk inside of the footprint to upgrade the footprint. Yeah. Uh, so it's all done external to the uh, facility. It's blind to the customers. They never see it. They just uh, they just uh, say they needed more capacity. Sure. It's pretty easy for us. You to deliver. Deliver it. Yeah. Deliver it. On-demand capacity. Yeah, right? that's good. That's and, good. Yeah, fu- future-proofing is a word that people... Um, Abuse. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone uses it. Uh and we're we're really trying to do it and we're really trying to do it in a meaningful way that yeah. makes sense for the clients. Yeah. So, you know, the industry obviously is focused on power, uh, and how important
0: power is, power delivery. Um, you know, one of the other areas that's really important for our industry is water. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot I don't I don't think obviously the industry is as focused on that, but you know, you can make more power, can't make more water. So you know, I know that's on the um, on y'all's mindset on how to conserve water and kind of, you know, maybe be a leader in that, but talk about why that's important to align.
1: Yeah, we talk about it. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to raise that l- level of awareness. Yeah. Uh, it's, by the way, it's a top of mind for the very sophisticated users. Yes. Uh, they're thinking about it all the time. Uh, again, some of the patents that we have around our technology kind of enable us to um, have a zero water utilization or a low water utilization. Yep. And the reason I kind of bifurcate is, we can use water if need be in certain markets where water is abundant. Right. But here's the here's the reality: is I've got a 39 and a half year depreciable asset. I'm deploying infrastructure that's 10, 20 year depreciable mm-hmm. assets, mm-hmm. and you're signing contracts with clients that are going to move in for three, five, 10, 15 years, sure. and they don't want to move. Yep. So how do you have visibility into what regulation's is going to be, legislation is yeah. going to be, yeah. what's going to are we going to enter a drought, and yeah. if we are? Um, does that mean we turn off that water feature sure. and go completely waterless? Yeah. Uh, and so we've got some of that flexibility inside of our infrastructure. And so it creates this nice environment where I can elect to use water to drive down that PUE efficiency mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. or turn off the water if, in fact government regulations take hold or something happens with the environment. And again, long-term contracts, nobody sure. has a perfect view on what's yeah. going to happen with yeah. the, with weather and whether the, you know, in, in Dallas, for example, whether Lake Mead is going to be full or empty at the time. <laughs> so we got we to be sensitive to those uh, those elements. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, you have sat in, you know, meetings with Fortune 500 companies and seen the way that they, you know, different industry verticals, financial technology, healthcare, seen the way they approach uh, their, you know, importance of data center design. And, you know, back 10 years ago when you were working with another company and where you are now, have you seen the design change? And specifically around, um, you know, we talked about power density some, but, but you know, f- uh, floor plates, yeah. how much power is being delivered to that? I mean, just how has the design and where is it today and what you're seeing data center
1: yeah. users really want? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting the way it's changing. F- folks are still interested in what I'd call the table stakes. Highly secure environment, mm-hmm. both physically and logically. Mm-hmm. Um, resiliency at a level that they require, and the reason I you know N sure. plus one two enter and yep. you know it depends on the client depends yes. on the requirement, depends on the application set. So uh, that's key, and then obviously heat rejection and flexibility around that is absolutely key. So you've got to you, you've got to have you know table stakes are operational reliability, fantastic teams, ability to execute. But then when it comes to design, uh, the, the Every client comes and has a little bit different flavor, and so the reality is, is um, you don't want to say every deal is a snowflake, yeah. But in, they sometimes are, so yeah. you've got to have the adaptive and efficient mm-hmm. infrastructure mm-hmm. to meet those requirements, yeah. You know, and I, I feel like uh, the aligned team and some of the things that they've, uh, you know, really invested in early on, mm-hmm. um, before me coming on board, and uh, now we're just accelerating that flexibility and nimbleness of yeah. what we can provide. Yeah,
0: and it's interesting too because I think now more than ever. The data center operator community has to figure out ways to attract you know um the different snowflakes and you know like enterprise demand and what that is today and also have the ability to uh provide scalability to very large users and that's you know that's a whole new part of the market that we really we weren't seeing that five years ago you know the way that some of this demand is on the larger scale um you know, how do you anticipate future technologies? So I've heard you talk on like AI, autonomous driving, those type of things before. But love your take on, you know, someone that's been in the industry a long time. How will that impact the data center industry as a whole? Yeah,
1: so crystal really, ball here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, <laughs> this is one of those. Yeah. Everybody's, no matter what anybody's answer is, is going to be wrong. Right? Um, and n- n- no, no, <laughs> Let's on, just no, establish no slight no yeah. on anybody no, else. Who sat in this chair, But yeah, the, the reality is, is, uh, it's changing so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some, you know, there, there's some futurists out there that have great thoughts and f- uh, feedback. But if you go back and read stuff that was written 10 years ago, uh, there's very few of those that actually came to pass and yep. to fruition. The one thing that is true is everything's becoming more connected. Every one of our, um, you know, my, there's more devices in my house that are connected oh today, um, and uh, yeah. I, I, I hesitate to think how many uh, gigabits are being run through my sure. home, the network. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with my children, iPads yeah. and phones and yeah, things like good. that, and streaming video and yeah. wa- watching the Cowboys when I want to watch the yeah. Cowboys, which is when it's actually on. Sure. Um, so all those things are happening, but it's now, it's moving from primarily people-to-people interaction yes. on the internet yep. to people to machine and machine mm-hmm. to machine. Yeah. And that machine to machine is where the really gr- real growth is, yeah. right? When all these things start really taking hold, You've seen some changes with some really large network companies getting out of the data center sector, uh, trying to you know make sure they've got their network shored up for this mm-hmm. onslaught of five G. Yeah, and five G is going to change a lot. Yeah, uh, it's going to change a lot about how people use things, but it's also going to change the way coders and application writers are going to write scripts on how to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And more and more is going to get pushed through through the network. And so I'm real excited about that. It. it, it but on the data center side, we're. Let's let's bu- bubble it down to the standards. We're building buildings out of concrete, steel, sure. right, and glass, and you know that's that you can only add that much. You can only add a little bit of efficiency and nimbleness sure. to that. Yeah, it's it's construction. It's been around yeah. for hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah, and so now it's all about how do you get build the most flexibility into your infrastructure so that when a client shows up. When a requirement shows up, the requirement that they have today may change in three years, five mm-hmm. years, ten years, mm-hmm. maybe even fifteen years. Yeah, it's just it's just really key that uh, providers like ourselves are thinking. You know, it's like it's one thing to solve the problem that's in front of you. How to solve a problem that's around the curve? Yeah, when, you know, when you don't know what's coming down. Yeah, path.
0: yeah, that's good. Where do you feel like the biggest challenges are? You know, to the industry as a whole, knowing um, that. It's going to change uh, as you just talked about, but I mean, if you think about the next three to five years like what's on from your perspective uh, where do you feel like the biggest challenges are?
1: Yeah so I um, walking into the office this morning uh, CNBC had on uh, what the challenge was is are we out of labor right what sure. I mean yeah. we're, the labor unemployment rate is incredibly low yeah. uh, in our industry labor the labor is tough to get yeah um, so I think about again this goes back to my three pillars and the third pillar is really team. So fantastic capital partners, fantastic infrastructure, and the intellectual property that's wrapped around those, that yep. infrastructure. And then really it comes down to the people, the team yes. that's running the sites. Yeah, uh, People always make things work. You've got to have the people that go the extra mile. Yeah. And so when I think about the challenges we face, it's it's primarily around people. Hmm. Um, I feel that's really I feel really pleased about we're, capital structure. We're incredibly uh, pleased with where we're at. Yeah. Infrastructure, uh, I think we've got a really nice competitive... Uh, advantage, yeah. uh, moat, uh, however you want to describe it, uh, to you know to expand the aperture of opportunities that we can chase. Win for those snowflake opportunities, yeah. and then really it comes down to the people. And I'm I incredibly blessed with the team that we have at Aligned, continuing to add key capabilities and functionality yeah. on those on that team. Um, but really, it's all thanks to the Aligned team that yeah. uh, we're having great success, and the people that we have really care. Um, from the board members all the way through everybody in our organization, uh, one of one of the one of the things that I say to my leadership team all the time is, best idea wins no matter what uh, inside of our organization. So we have a we have a very uh, very fluid uh, leadership team that yeah. uh, um, we uh, we. Best idea wins is kind of my mantra inside yeah, of our that's organization.
0: Good. that's good. I, and I don't care where it comes from. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, so I don't. I don't know if you've run any more Spartan races, but the only one <laughs> I've ever run or done was with you as a teammate, and uh, we finished. Which was, we did finish. Which was we great. Did finish, I'll so take it. Hey, so I, I did want to um, ask just one of the things that we've talked about with leaders in the industry is, is just their leadership. You talked about kind of your thoughts on your leadership team and some of the things you're communicating to them. But when you look back at your time in the industry, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint, who has made a difference in your world or what has helped shape your mindset where it is today as you lead, you know, aligned into kind of a new uh, opportunity set, expanded to different markets, get more capital, yeah. approach different users. But how do you feel like your leadership has been shaped yeah. to
1: to be the leader of the company that you need to be to take them to the next level? Yeah, um, I think it goes to like that theory of leadership that I have, which is best idea wins. Yeah. And, and uh, happy to steal a great idea from anybody who has it inside yeah. of our organization. Uh, and so the way I think about our uh, our team and how I'm hiring and recruiting and bringing in top talent—it yeah. really is spawned from, and uh, again, c- a continuous learning of listening to you know some of my mentors that I've had over the years that give me great, give us great feedback on yes, what, what's happening, how to be nimble, how to be flexible. Uh, I, th- I think in particular about uh, one uh, one gentleman who happens to uh, be an executive at AT&T. I spent a lot of time with him early on in my career. Uh-huh. Um, ha- Happened to be retired from at t now, but sat in the C-suite of ATT and t And that, you know, having those type of people surround you and give you good feedback yeah. is, is just vital. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, myself and uh, several of the other executives in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, we're, we're, you know, absolute uh, competitive on sure. the competitive battlefield. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, when we get together, we talk about uh, things that we're doing and how, yeah. we're, how we're accomplishing goals. Uh, again, not not breaking confidentiality sure. or in, intellectual yeah. property, yeah. but, yeah. you know, it's, it's great to get that good feedback from industry veterans. Yeah, um, it seems like
0: there's a lot of respect for, you know, those that have been in the industry a while. And it is a, you know, and it still is a young industry, but it is so um, important to the way that our world works. And I think those that are neck deep in this space recognize that, but, you know, most
1: others out there, it's almost invisible, yeah. you know. And it and it never stops. Yeah. I mean, last week I interviewed Kareem Youssef, uh, who runs a big chunk of uh, AI over at IBM. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And now he's added to my, you know, what I'd call a portfolio of great people that I can call on and ask for information. Uh, What's, what they see is going on yeah. in the history. And Kareem, very sophisticated uh-huh. individual. No, I mean, you, if you see the interview on, uh, at DCAC, yeah. outstanding you know, thought process on things like he's truly looking around the curve. He's, yeah. he's looking five, 10 years away and how AI is going to help cure, cure yeah. cancer. Uh, how AI is going to make lives better, how AI is going to make the Dallas Tollway run smoother. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Exactly. So those are the kind of things that, like, you're never done learning. Uh, I learn from my clients every day. I I, I love sitting with uh, them and seeing, trying to figure out what... What are they trying? What problems are they trying to solve? Not not today, but in five years from now yes. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so having that continual learning mindset is incredibly important. Yeah.
0: Well, congrats on, you know, y'all's success so far. Excited to see where Align will go in the future. And, you know, it'll be fun to watch you lead them there. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, David. It.
1: Thanks for having me.